Hello, Informed Pregnancy fans. It is Hilary Duff. I am so honored that you voted to bring back my interviews with Dr. Berlin for the holiday hiatus. Listening to the podcast helped me during my own pregnancies, and I hope my episode helps you feel informed and empowered and ready for your own great experience. Thank you all for your support and for joining me in this crazy, fun, wild, rewarding, and absolutely exhausting club that is parenthood. Best wishes to you guys and happy holidays. I hope you have an incredible new year. Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and I'm so excited to welcome back one of my favorite guests to talk about her imminent birth again. You know what? It's Hillary Duff. Welcome to the podcast. It kind of feels like Groundhog Day. Like, didn't I just do this? Yeah, you just did. <laughs> do you mean the podcast or having another baby? Having another baby, which then led to me doing the podcast. Yeah, you're just popping them out. Um, you know, there's my first question. Were you planning to have another baby or did another baby choose you? Um, we actually planned to have another baby, but, you know, uh, during quarantine. So everything sounded like a good idea in quarantine. <laughs> like anything you could do at home? Yes. Just bored yeah. to tears looking at the paint dry. Yeah, and we're like, we can totally handle this. We love our kids so much. Now we're like, mm, <laughs> a little too much, more than we can chew. Now that, like, I mean, not that our world is totally back to normal, but, you know, I just finished filming a, the last season of a show, and he's working nonstop, so our life has gotten a little less small, and <laughs> now I'm due any day, so we're excited and scared. Yeah, I'm scared for you, but also excited for you. You're an pro. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm an old pro, but I don't know. You know, what's, you know what's in front of me? I know what's in front of you. You do, you do too. It's so interesting. I just interviewed somebody like four days after she gave birth about her whole birth, and she talked about it so like detailed and eloquently and just passionately, and then... Two weeks later, she reached out to me. And she's like, hey, can I get a recording of what I talked about by birth? Because somebody just asked me for details, and I don't remember anything. I was like, oh, I guess you just the forget. Birth? Yeah. I kind of feel like that, too, to be honest. You could listen to. Very clear. And then, yeah, I can listen to. <laughs> I probably should have before this. There's parts that are very clear, and then there's parts that are complete. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't remember any of that. But yeah. I guess. We're designed that way, right? I think so. My guess is that that's part of the quote-unquote pregnancy brain where, you know, your brain just kind of turns off a little more and more and more so that you're not fully present. So you can just surrender to the other part of your brain that just knows what to do. And for that reason, it's sort of out of body and maybe you don't remember all the details. But that's a common theme when we have somebody on the podcast talking about her birth together with somebody else that was there, maybe her midwife or doula, her partner, and you get both perspectives. That's really cool. Yeah, we could do that for your after episode. All right. <laughs> and uh, well, I feel before... like you and I talk about that often, though, about my 
I make it seem like I'm this crazy type A, like controlling, but I do like to have control over things. And, you know, during the birth process definitely is a time where I feel like I have a lot of fear, like leading up to it. And you often remind me that there's just a moment where you like completely let go and surrender to what's happening. And then you don't remember it. Yeah. I think if you literally listen to your own podcast after you gave birth last time, that was something that you said that still resonates in my head. And many, many, many people, thousands and thousands of people have listened to that episode. And it's one of the ones that we have the most feedback on where people are just like, wow, that was like, because everyone says you can't do a test run on birth and nobody can tell you what it's going to be like, but kind of one is different. Every, and every single one's different, even for the same person, um, their births are different. But your comparison of the two births that you had in the honest and open way that you talked about them, you know, both what was going on in your mind and what was going on in your body has helped a lot of people get as prepared as one might be able to before they go on their own journey. And uh, I know that because they come back afterwards and I say, you know what was helpful? That Hillary Duff podcast. Oh, that means so much to me because I spend multiple hours I mean, not only listening to women on your podcast, but just on Instagram and YouTube and just watching other women's births. So, you know, I've had a good path set for me, or it's nice that people are sharing their stories, normal people, because it makes me feel like, okay, I can do this too. You do say at some point, like, my mind was like, this is getting big. This is getting big. This is getting close. And then all of a sudden that part of your mind shut off and you're like, oh, this is totally doable. Did I say that? Something like that. I'm paraphrasing. We can... <laughs> I don't feel like it's doable right now, but I know that that moment is going to happen again, you know, because just like you said, because I watch other women do it and I have done it and I'm going to do it again, you know, but I still feel a little far away from it. Yeah. And you might until the ball gets rolling, which could be anytime. I do have a question for you. The pandemic, just being pregnant and your entire pregnancy was during the pandemic. Yeah. And well, by the way, we thought like, oh, we're going to nail this timing. The pandemic's going to be over by the time I've made this baby. <laughs> we were so wrong. We're still going. This is the Energizer Bunny pandemic. It just keeps going and going. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of crazy. You listen to the news. And I'm like, yeah, we'll probably be wearing masks into 2029 or whatever. But not really. Maybe not 2029, but I still see it happening for a long time, right? I don't think so. I think Americans, because we're getting close to herd immunity and Americans are so like move on to the next thing as quickly as possible in general. That's just how our cycle works. I think like we will be happy to wear a mask until the end of time. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I, however, am not like I'm ready to be done with it, but I'm like willing, obviously, to do what's right for myself and other people. But honestly, like I think that we should adapt to the mask all the time. Like if you're sick, you should wear a mask. If you're feeling like you don't, like if I have to go sing or something, you know, and have to, to get on a plane, like I might wear a mask. Yeah. And you know, it's not a bad idea. Logically, especially still in the pandemic, that sounds like a brilliant idea. I don't know. I think the majority of Americans are like, once we're free, we're free. They're not going to want to go back to it, but I could be wrong at this point of recording. Several States have already lifted their mandatory mask mandate. Yeah, so my people in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> your people. But being pregnant in the pandemic, how has that been? Are there upsides and downsides? I would say that, of course, there's upsides and downsides. And one of the upsides is like extreme bonding with your family. You know, 
that pairs also with exhaustion because there's just no break, but really good, solid family time, simple, like, okay, we can't constantly be entertaining. We're not running from this thing to that thing. Like for a while, it was really cool to just be and with the people that, you know, are my family that I have that I built. It's, it was really special. A lot of good creative memories we made. I'm really lucky that I don't have like brutal pregnancies where I'm like sick or anything. And then I'd say the part that's hard is like not sharing it with extended loved ones, like friends and not like anybody really seeing you grow in person. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a beautiful thing to happen to a body and it's such a exciting thing you want to share or you want to, you know, I've wanted to like, on the flip of getting to spend so much time with my family, I've wanted to get away from them and like gab with my girlfriends in person and like talk about everything that's going on with me and with them. And that goes for like pregnancy and not, but, um, and you find ways, but it's just been a lot harder and there's consequences to it. And you have to, you know, think everything through and it's been a challenge for sure. Towards the middle-ish, I guess you were able to go back to work. And you spent a lot of time, like the bulk of your pregnancy working. I did, at least towards the end. Like, I think I went back to work at five and a half months pregnant. I mean, pandemic work, even in entertainment, was sort of on again, off again. That was brutal. To be honest, working in a mask all day, once I started to get really big, is like hard to do. How do you work in a mask when you're on camera? You take it on, take it off. You put it in these like little sanitized boxes and in between every take, they have someone that's coming up to you and like, and you put your mask on and then you take it off and you get to touch it. It's all day long, that cycle. on wow. off. Yeah. And it's great because you are looking around and everybody has a mask on. So you're like, you're safe, you're protected, you're protected. And then there's like this time where you, the camera's rolling and you're the only one that can't have a mask on you know, and there's something floating in the air that nobody can see. So that's scary. And I'm pregnant. So definitely like not the easiest of scenarios, but I was really ready to get back to work. And that provided an outlet for me that I've had since I was 12 years old. And I really was craving. So you got to do it. But you know, like we I guess we're just talking about ups and downs, you got to do it, but under a new set of rules. And you guys were testing all the time also just to we're testing all the time. We had a lot of like little incidences on set. Luckily, no one ever had to be like hospitalized or whatever, but there was definitely COVID on set. And I had to quarantine four times for being exposed. Holy cow. I know. And not all of those times lasted like the full 10 days because some of them were like false positives. And after, you know, you do so many tests after a certain amount of days, they're like, okay, you know, the odds are 90% you don't have it or whatever. But it was a lot of time spent away from my kids, which really sucked and kind mm. of isolated from my husband. And well, totally quarantined. Oh, yeah. My husband. Are you kidding me? I got the phone call. I walked in the door the very first time it happened. I walked in the door from work and I hadn't seen Luca for two weeks. He had been in L.A. He had just flown to New York to be with us for two weeks. And I hung with them for like maybe an hour. Banks was already in bed. And I got the phone call. They were like, you've had maximum exposure you should probably quarantine from your family. Literally, like, the basement door opened and Matt, like, shoved me down the stairs, <laughs> throwing items at me, like, stay away from us. So, yeah, he wasn't down for the whole, like, well, if one of us has it, we're all going to get it kind of thing. <laughs> no, that wasn't your thing. No. <laughs> oh, 
I don't know. I feel like in retrospect, some people wish like now they had just done that. Hey, why don't we just get it out of the way? I've said that many times. Like there was times where I was so frustrated. I was like, I wish I just could get it, but it doesn't seem great either because so many people have had, you know, different side effects and we still don't know long-term side effects and all of that. I don't know long-term side effects and just random people at this point, what seems random is uh, people get the virus and some people don't even know they had it. They're so asymptomatic and some people like me just about die from it and some people succumb to it. And, you know, it's just been a crazy, crazy time. A lot of people had a lot of loss of life or businesses and a lot of illness. And, you know, I can't wait for it to be behind us. But at the same time, when these things happen, the shift makes you think about things in a different way. And you get to, not only do you get to spend time with your family in a different way, like you said, but you actually appreciate them (laughs) in a different way. So you don't want to like, you know, kick each other out like that's something that i didn't think about that often before all of this yeah all right i want to get into this pregnancy let's take a quick break we will be right back with hillary duff (laughs) hey everyone it's dr berlin and i want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart literally omega-3 it's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked With 95% of women deficient needed, the supplement brand I trust created their brand new Omega-3 Soft Gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Hillary Duff. How did you find out you were pregnant? Oh, I knew. I knew. I just have the feeling every time I know. What do you feel? I always say this and no one is like, yeah, me too. I feel like a tiny tug in my lower, 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 lower belly. I feel that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not pregnant. I don't think. Wait, and then you do a test or do you just trust the tug? You're like, no, that's it. I don't even need a test. Oh, no, of course I do a test. I'm like testing like crazy. We, we tried. So I knew I was going to get pregnant. We had a lot of luck with Banks. And, um, I always test way too soon, but like, I'm so symptomatic, like my boobs are sore. I'm bloated. You know, I have all the telltale signs before you test. Mm -hmm. And then I always test too soon and it always says no. And then eventually it says yes. You're like, I told you so. Yeah. Matt finally this time around was like, no, no, no. I I trust that you are. (laughs) (laughs) Last time too. And he was really bummed out. It was actually with banks. It was right before Valentine's day and he flew into New York to surprise me. And we knew we had tried 
And so it was like right around that time where I could test. And we took a test right before we went out on a date for Valentine's Day. And it said no. And he was super bummed. Oh, I know. And I was kind of like, it got in my head a little bit. I was like, no, no, I know something's going on with me, you know? Yeah. It's a yes. It's a yes. And then a couple of days later, I tested again and it was positive. So this time around, he was like, I believe you. (laughs) (laughs) In your third pregnancy, is there symptomatically, I mean, do you feel, hey, I'm used to it, so I know what to expect, or is it totally different? Honestly, the first trimester is so brutal for me. Like, outside of not being sick, which I can't even pretend to act like I know what that's like, I'm so uncomfortable. I'm so bloated. I'm so tired. I feel like a shell of a human. Low energy? Like, just can't? I'm like, you know how I am. Oh, energy-wise, yes. When I get to hang out with you, I usually just uh, put my phone next to you so you can charge it up with your energy. (laughs) I like that one. Thank you very much. Um, Yeah, I'm zonked. I'm so tired. And, you know, it's no wonder your body's doing a lot of work. But I don't like anything that can, like, slow me down, which is why I usually am great in the middle of pregnancy. And then towards the end, when I'm just worthless again, I when it's this over, you know? Yeah. Did you have that? Because you had an epidural with your first baby. I find that people are just go, 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 and like to be moving all the time. Do not like that feeling of not being able to move around at all. Maybe that's why I decided for home birth. birth? Yeah, could be. I see that a lot. And it usually surprises them. Like, they're like, okay, I'm getting the epidural now. And then they get it and like, I can't move anywhere. I'm like, that's how it works. So on the go people like you, I get it. Um, So that goes away for you after 12 weeks, 13 weeks. Mm -hmm. Then do you have more energy than you had before or the same energy? Um, Maybe when I was pregnant with Banks, maybe I had more energy than I had before. Like excitement and just feeling better. And, you know, I only had one child and half the amount of time, right? Because I'm divorced. So Lucas spends half the time with me and half the time with his dad. So... I think probably with Banks, I was a little more energized and maybe had more energy than before. And with this one, no. But I Mm. did feel obviously better after like 13, 14 weeks. And there's like that really lovely shift. And you're like, okay, I'm I'm starting to like look pregnant. Everything starts to get more exciting. You you get like little treats, like you feel the baby flutter and I don't know, you're sleeping great because you've like Burned your energy through the day. Everything's just like seems to be working in a good rhythm. Do you tell people early on or do you wait till like the second trimester? You know, Matt and I always talk about this. We have the most lovely friends because we are both those people that are just like, blah, here's everything that's going on with us. And we didn't like keep it a secret from any of our even like outside kind of friends. You know, you got your like main circle and then you have like your really friendly outside circle and literally no one found out. So, so you told your friends, but they kept it to themselves. I just mean, they, you know, they keep our privacy respected. Yeah. They respected your privacy. So you're able to talk about it, but, and not worry about it. Just getting out before you're ready. Yeah. When you told your kids you were expecting, what was their reaction? Luca knows what it looks like now, right? Because I think I told you the whole story about him not being thrilled when Banks was coming. Yes. And now that's <laughs> with her and he like, that's his homie and he's her protector. And when I make jokes about how 
if she's being like super naughty or in like a really tough stage, he's like always the first to shut me down and tell me I'm mean or something. And so he was really excited. Oh, that's nice. And Banks yeah. not really sure what's he knows what he looks like. You know what I mean? He's like pumped. And I think he likes babies now, which he never did before. And oh, then, that's cool. Yeah, Banks doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> Shouldn't point it. to the belly or anything like that. Oh, the other day we were actually taking a bath together and she was like, big, big belly, big belly. <laughs> I was like, okay, enough of that, but you're not wrong. <laughs> um, I know how she feels. <laughs> her belly out, which is so cute and funny. And she knows the baby's in there and sometimes she'll kiss my belly or we tell her that my belly button's the microphone. So she'll like say hi through the microphone. Do and, a little podcast. Yeah, exactly. And she's actually not that interested. Sometimes she'll like cover my belly up with my shirt again like mm, yeah no it's about me right now put that away mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she is a little nurturing caring little mommy you know if i hurt myself or you know she's a nurturer so i think I, it's gonna be okay so insane for me to see how big she is because it really feels like just a month ago we we're sitting here talking about your birth with her while she was the one under the shirt yeah right and it just went so fast this pregnancy are you having cravings a lot of sugar, unfortunately. Ooh. I know. Julie, I don't think I'm having a boy, but I am craving more sugar than normal. You, That's a COVID thing. You don't know what you're having? Surprise? Yeah, we don't know. Ooh. I know the blue hair seems like we do know, but we really don't. I think the blue hair seems like you do know, but you're trying to throw people off. So I'm guessing girl. You are? Yeah. I think you know that it's a girl and you put up the blue hair to be like, look at my hair. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually a little scared to have another girl because Banks was a tough, she was a tough cookie as a baby, but she's so great now. So I could see it, but then I don't know in my mind, I'm like, maybe she's my only little princess and she's going to like have her rough and tumble brothers. We'll find out. Either way, we're stoked and super excited. And then everyone that's like close to me thinks boy. And then everyone that's more of a stranger that's like, what are you having? They're like, we call girl. Oh, I think boy. You do? I'll make it official right here. I think it's a boy. And I'm right about 20% of the time. In life or just guessing with babies? Uh, it, in <laughs> life, it's more like 10%. But with babies, I do pretty well, 20%. I like Banks's, uh big, 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 big belly. Literally this week, I found an app on my phone called the Snore Lab. Mm -hmm. And one of my things that happened to me after COVID is I started getting sleep apnea. I didn't know about it. And uh, my family is like, hey, dad, you're starting to snore a lot. And uh, I was like, I got to hear what this sounds like. So the Snore Lab, you put it on your phone, you turn on the app, and you leave it there all night. It records everything. It analyzes it. And it records it for you so you can hear yourself snoring in the morning. And then it breaks it down into different categories. So the categories are light snoring, medium snoring, and heavy snoring. But there's another category, and it is epic and i have like two hours of epic snoring i'm like i know it's a problem two hours of epic snoring and i'm like i know it's a problem but why do you have to call it epic it's like can you imagine if women's clothing came in small medium large and epic no every woman would be outraged yeah i'm a little upset as a snorer so how often are you recording this like did you just do it one time to know the truth or are you kind of like monitoring it and seeing how much epic snoring you're getting oh but you got a sleep apnea machine. i got the machine yeah so i did it three times before the machine and now i've done it three times with the machine and there's literally zero snoring i mean it's like seven minutes of light snoring wow that's a game changer my neighbors are so happy 
my mom used to snore and I would cry. Really? Yeah. Like sometimes I can't believe I just threw my mom under the bus like that. <laughs> or so bad. I would be, I would cry. Like if I would spend the night at her house as an adult, like, and I had my own house, sometimes we just have like tons of animals and dogs and whatever. This is pre-kids. And I would just be like so frustrated with her that I would cry. So I can't imagine your wife or your kids. Like yeah. epic snoring is just like on a whole new level. It's really, yeah. And how does it not wake up the snorer? I have no idea. I mean, I never knew. I would sometimes wake up and not hear myself snore. And then when I played the recording, that's really what you just want to go eat a loaf of bread. It's so sad. <laughs> You're like something comfort me. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know I was that musical. So I feel good. <laughs> Did you have mommy brain, pregnancy brain? Oh, my God. So much. I'm sorry I'm yawning, but you know I'm like at the end of this pregnancy. Yes, and there's times where I did crazy things. Like, well, obviously, like putting things in the pantry that belong in the refrigerator and then realizing later, like, cool, that was there all night long. So <laughs> so in the world of Zoom that we live in now, this is when Luca was, I forget what's happening. I was just juggling kids. I don't think I was his teacher anymore because I was his teacher when I wasn't pregnant. Cause I was sure enjoying the cocktails every night, but then I think it was just like in the summer, but it was just mayhem, you know, because you have no help. So I was hopping on and Matt was eventually started going to his studio. Cause it's just him there. So I was with like both the kids and trying to like get one situated over here, get one doing something over here. So I could like hop on work calls and I had to be on a zoom. And so I finally like everything. I got the dogs outside and like, Banks was busy doing her thing and I knew she was going to be fine. And Luca was doing his thing. And I've got my phone with my information of like the zoom ID and all of that stuff. And I get to the top of the stairs and I have like my home phone in my hand. I live in the Canyon, so I have horrible service. And so I always have to use my home phone and I'm looking at it and I'm like, looking at the zoom, looking at the phone, something's not adding up here. Why can't I figure this out? And I have the TV remote control in my hand. <laughs> And I was like, ah, what the hell? Like, it literally, I'm like staring at it for maybe like five to 10 seconds. Like, something's not going to work. I can't. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've never been pregnant. I have nothing to blame it on except that I never sleep. Now I do, but I had sleep issues. So really early in the morning, two years ago, I went, took a shower, was getting dressed, reached into the cabinet, spray deodorant, and it's spider spray. What? Like yeah. toxic spider spray? Toxic spider spray right in the pits. And uh, I didn't even realize with the first one, I, I got them both. Yeah, I have no spiders in my armpits, which is amazing. <laughs> I, uh, oh, so yours is just a lack of sleep. I'm like, you can't feel the pregnancy brain. No, I mean, yeah, I don't want to appropriate that. The thing is, I do spend so much time around pregnant women. I think it wears off or I'm just getting older. Matt says that too. It wears off. That it wears off on you. Yeah. Yeah. It hasn't been that bad, but there's times where I'm just like, something will fall out of my brain, like someone's name that I know really well or something, you know, and all of a sudden the information's just gone and you're like, what, what, what's happening to me? Like, it's just, you're searching and it's different than a normal like brain fart or whatever people call it. Like it's seriously like gone information. And it happened to me today. I was driving Luca to school 
And we have to do this wellness check-in before we get there. And they want you to have it done ahead of time, like not when you're in the line, because they just want everything to move like so smoothly. And so I'm at the light and I'm like, oh my God, the wellness check. And then I'm like looking on my phone and I'm going through my apps and it used to be on my front page. I'm like, it's on my front page. Why can't I find it? Why can't I find it? I had to text Matt and be like, what's the wellness check-in for Lucas School? Like <laughs> information just gone. And it's something I do every single day, you know? Hopefully it'll come back. I'm sure it will, but probably it, not during the nursing and all of that phase. Does it make it hard to uh, like memorize scripts? I thought it was going to. And I actually think that this season I was a lot more diligent about working on my stuff the night before. We worked some pretty crazy hours. So normally when I'm not pregnant, as long as I know what I'm doing the next day and I have that in my head, and I'm familiar with the scripts. Usually I can go into here and make them in the morning, learn my sides and be fine. And with this, I was so nervous to just not have the capacity to like, one, be in touch with the stuff that I'm shooting, you know, and then two, just saying the lines correctly. And Darren and our writers are pretty adamant about us sticking to script. Oh, no ad-libbing? We don't really get to ad-lib that much. A little bit, a little bit. We can do like triggers on the end of scenes and just like give them some fun options. But usually they want the script the way it is. So I would do a lot more like prep work the night before, just being nervous about it. But I got through. What's my least favorite thing acting in college was uh, just all that rote memorization. <laughs> Everybody seems so scared by that. Yeah, I lived it and the I hated it. Are like, how do you memorize the lines? And then how do you say them out loud in front of like a whole crew full of people or like when the camera's on you? Yeah, <laughs> that part wouldn't bother. It's just like memorizing. I, I would have nightmares, you know. And also it's different, I think, live and theater. Because like if you screw up, there's no, ah, cut, take two. You just got to deal so what with do it. Do you think you like theater more? I only did theater. See, that's so terrifies me. I'm like, I got to just keep going through the mess up. Yeah, you got to just go through it. I remember there was, uh, for example, just one time a guy, he went to his line about two-thirds through the scene. He just skipped like two-thirds of the scene and we had to somehow bring it back and with, communicate with each other. We did such a good job. The audience had no idea there was a mess up. I think I would be like, no, we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, drinking? Yeah, no. Okay, let's take a break. We're going to come back. I have two things to do, but uh, I'm not going to tell you what they are until you get back here. <laughs> Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Hillary Duff. So pregnant, you can pop at any moment. And boy, do you want to. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk all about that oh. birth that's coming up. <laughs> but before we do that, um, here's a segment I call Getting to Know Hillary Duff. What is your favorite food? Ooh. <laughs> <I'm> yawning. <laughs> I'm going to do it. How about this? <clears throat> what is your favorite food? I love all kinds of food. I love to eat. I don't like eat to live like most people in this town. <laughs> but you also, you must exercise a lot. because. You're lean. If you like, I love to eat, that but is I don't. Definitely not <laughs> lean right now. But I need to exercise, and it is my time. Like I just feel mentally stronger, better, more sharp. Like I can do more things in a day. And I don't exercise every day, but like definitely a good three or four times a week. What do you like exercise wise? I like doing weights. So before my wedding, when I was trying to get like really fit, 
And I'm one of those people, unfortunately, that don't lose any weight when I'm breastfeeding. So everyone's like breastfeed because it's so good for weight loss. And I'm like, nope, I don't experience that at all. But the second I stopped breastfeeding, I got really serious about like my workouts and stuff. And plus Matt and I were getting married. So I had a good goal, you know, to look forward to and want to reach. But I started like bodybuilding and I got everything that I thought about like heavyweights was like totally wrong. Like that they're going to like bulk me up. And me, and I, I was a gymnast when I was younger and I'm only five, two. So like, I'm naturally more on the curvy side, but it got me so lean. So I loved it. And, and strong, you know, muscles popping out, just muscles popping out everywhere. Yeah. But I want you to know I'm doing yoga on Thursday. Oh yes. I take full credit for that. You're not a yoga type. I am not a yoga type. You're yep. like a boom, boom, boom. Got to move. Got to move. Got to move. I am. I am. And then you put me on that group thread and I said, you know what? Okay. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to do it. We're going to see what happens. We'll talk about it in the post birth interview and see how your first yoga situation worked out for you. Um, I love to hike though. I love to swim. I'm super active. Yeah. What's your pet peeve like in life? <laughs> There's so many. The worst. Like of myself, like that I do myself or just anything? No, like just something that bothers you that other people do. Like loud talkers, people that just like have to talk to make everybody around pay attention. Attention grabbing talkers. Yes. Can't stand it on a plane. I'm like, oh, that's the worst on the plane. Right? I have all these weird conditions, but I have uh, misophonia. Do you know what that is? No. Uh, it's uh, like your blood boils when people make mouth noises around you, like chewing or lip smacking. Okay, so I think I have that condition too. Oh, because one time I was on a plane and I was sitting next to a lady who was doing that on her phone. I'm just like, do you have no self-awareness? I don't understand. <laughs> That's I think it. I have far too much self-awareness. I wish I could have some of what she had, but not all of it. I'm just like not caring so much or being so aware so on top of her loud talking and thinking that we all wanted to hear everything that she had to say, she started filing her nails. Ooh. So we were like hearing the nail file, but also breathing in nail dust. Ah. It was disgusting. I was totally disgusted. Yeah, I would be also. By the way, you know nails are like body waste. Yeah, love sloughing off cells. Why do I want that floating around me? Like it was horrible. So You're right. I have that. I think you are going to wear a mask from now on. <laughs> Maybe on airplanes forever. It's true. I hate when the toilet paper is coming from the bottom of the roll. That bothers you. Yes. I want it to like nicely go off the top. I didn't see that coming, Hillary Duff. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know. I'm just no. thinking of all the pet peeves that I have. Yeah, throw them out whenever they pop into your head. Because okay. you get to meet everybody. Have you ever been starstruck? Oh, yeah, I'm sure I have been starstruck. Uh, oh, my God. I met Julia Roberts at like a charity telethon thing we were doing. And she was so chatty with me. I guess her kids, you know, watch my movies and stuff. I remember like I wasn't starstruck in the way of like I couldn't speak to her, but I was just like, oh, my God, you are Julia Roberts. And <laughs> she's so beautiful and she's so kind and warm. And I was just like, whoa. And then the other day, Matt showed me an Instagram video, like something someone tagged him in, which was like Lance Bass interviewing Britney Spears. 
and they were at some award show. And I guess I was there and Lance Bass is like, so who do you want to meet that's here? And I like must have walked by somewhere and she's like, uh, he's like, oh, there goes Hillary Duff. She's like, I love Hillary Duff. And I was like in my own living room and I was like, video. <laughs> oh, it's kind of funny. Cause when you were saying about all those things about Julia Roberts, I could have said all the same things about you. <laughs> it's the truth. You're warm and you know, nurturing, caring, easy to talk to all the things you said. All right. Is there somebody you want to meet that you haven't met? I get really shy. I don't know. I feel like I've coaxed myself enough being in this business for such a long time where like I could potentially talk to anybody, but it does make me nervous. And I have that complex of like, I don't really belong here. I'm not good. Why, why am I at this party? Oh yeah, totally. But like, I can fake it till I make it. Well, you have. (laughs) (laughs) What about a fictional character? Is there, if you could meet one fictional character, who would you want to hang out with for a day? That's really tough. I think last time someone asked me this question, I said Moana. <gasps> Moana. Uh-huh. I'm super impressed by her. Yeah. You know what? I don't even know how I would answer that question. Who you would want to meet? Yeah. Who would I want to meet? Oh. Me neither. It's like, who do you want at your dinner party, dead or alive? Like, I feel like I need a couple hours to really come up with the, the to process it, think it through. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you have a useless talent? I mean, I can do like handsprings and stuff, but I wouldn't say that's useless. I feel because like you were a gymnast. Yeah. I can pop my hip in and out of place, which is kind of weird. Okay, so in response to both of those, I can also pop your hip in and out of place. So that's not a ta- you don't. No, no, no. I'm just I'm I'm just I'm not one upping you. I'm just saying, wow, we have something in common. And I can't do handsprings, but I do spring rolls. Spring rolls, I do those too. Okay, second thing we have in common. Not impressing. I'm not impressing you. You're not impressing me. You you always impress me. Why did you make your hair blue? What what happened? Um, you know, my hair's been every color of the rainbow. I've been purple. I've been pink. I've been this same blue before. I like to have fun. When I was in quarantine, like early on quarantine after I was like, okay, I'm wearing sweatpants until this is over. And then I'm like, that's going to make me really depressed. And I started putting on clothes and I started putting like crystals and jewels all over my face, like to be Luca's teacher, just to make me happy. So I like to be sparkly and I dyed my own hair teal during quarantine and then went back to blonde a couple months later when we could like have our hair done outside so no reason except for just like wanting to have some fun do you have a favorite that when you've done it you look in the mirror and you're like yes i do i like this blue a lot i mean i like myself as a blonde i like you as a blue you like me as a blue well i know (laughs) why because you can recognize me absolutely yeah without (laughs) it i wouldn't be able to for you you're the best (laughs) (laughs) what does anything for me do you sing in the shower no i'm more of a car singer Oh, you sing in the car. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you, I do this really weird thing in the shower, which annoys myself of myself. Um, I rock like I'm rocking a baby in the shower still all the time. Mm-hmm. I bounce like that. Really? Mm-hmm. Even before you had babies? Or just no. because? No, no, no. Oh, just because you're so used to doing it all the time? Mm-hmm. Do you think in the shower? Is that where you get your brainstorming? My mind is like never really super turned off, so... I only get my good ideas in the shower. Really? Yeah. Well, Matt writes in the shower all the time. He brings his phone in there. If he has a track that he's working on, he brings his phone in the shower and writes. 
Like he'll put yeah. his notes on and just like come up with melodies or lyrics. I'm like, first of all, who takes their phone in the shower? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I don't understand. Yeah. I would never take my phone in the shower. And especially but, when people call you, they'll be like, where are you? So I'm like, you're underwater. I mean, it just wouldn't it ruin your phone, like the steam or something after a while. But what I'm realizing is so much productivity happens in the shower. I think some companies are just going to be like, hey, we're going to have the next meeting in the shower. <laughs> It'll be like uber productive. Uh, he read something once that, not that you can have meetings like this, but he read something that if you're fighting with your spouse, you're supposed to get in the shower and finish the fight in the shower. Really? Yeah. I don't know if it's like some kind of like weapons down. Maybe it's some kind of subliminal guard down thing because you're naked or something, but you're supposed to fight in the shower. If nothing else comes out of this episode, I think you might have just saved so many relationships. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking to pick a fight now with my wife so that we can try this out. <laughs> have other motives. Though. Yeah, well, whatever. What do you like to watch? What's uh... Straight murder. Murder docs galore. I'm not one of those fancy people that doesn't have a television in my room. <laughs> I see it there. Nobody else can, but I see it right behind you. Like making a murder kind of stuff? Staircase? Uh, All of that. them. Oh, exactly. wow. Mm-hmm. I got to come over and hang out and watch murder with you. Yeah. What was the last one we watched? The Cecil Hotel. We just watched the Patton Oswald wife one. That oh, no, I didn't see it. It was sad because she died before her book came out. Um, we watched the other one, the California Killer. What was his name? He went on death row. Oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. I'm a little behind in my murder right now. Okay, I can send you a list. The last thing that I binge watched was Tiger King. That was the last thing you binge watched? I dyed my hair actually blue that night when I watched that. That was like early quarantine. It was right when I had COVID. That's why I binge watched it. I was stuck in the hotel with nothing to do. Oh, okay. And Tiger King came out and uh, nobody can come in or leave my room. And I was just alone, but I had Wi-Fi and I had my tablet. And someone said, hey, watch Tiger King. So I turned it on and I could not turn it off. It got me through like three days of ICU. And Maybe you saved your life. I think it did save my life because I was feeling like, oh, my God, I might die. Because all the headlines were like, if you go to the ICU, you're going to end up on a ventilator. And then if you're on the ventilator, it's like 50-50. And then and they were thinking about intubating you, right? Yeah, I was like was right there. minutes away from being on a ventilator. Thankfully, a nurse kind of intervened and saved me. And I owe her everything. I keep sending lunch to the nurses. I can't stop because they were so amazing. That's nice. And, you have like nurses that you actually worked with to send to but we we were doing that too because there's a restaurant that matt's friend owns close to um i forget what hospital tarzana st joseph's and we were just like sending meals which was really cool that restaurants were doing that but you actually have like nurses that saved your life to send to well i mean the truth is i don't know i just send them to units i i know the nurses that i sent to through were part of the ones that just really were there i mean every step of the way they were amazing but it's not about me it's about you so let's talk some comedy too we watched Shit's creek did you watch Shit's creek uh, no, I didn't watch Shit's Creek. You know, I almost never watch TV because of my face blindness. So it's very hard to tell characters apart. That sucks. That means you've never watched me on TV and I'm offended. <laughs> Wait a second. I did watch you in something like when you were, I don't know, eight. <laughs> because my kids watch you on TV. Yeah. So I have watched you on TV just to, you know. I'm just totally kidding. I don't care. <laughs> no, I, I know you're super offended. 
you help me walk when I'm pregnant and I'm forever grateful. So. Well, thanks. Let's talk about this birth that's coming up. You're having another baby. It's coming soon. You're obviously, you sound great. You're just chipper and full of good energy. What's going through your mind relating to the birth? You're doing another home birth. Mm-hmm. Roughly the same team. Mm-hmm. I'm at that weird point where I'm like, obviously prepping, you know, like my house is pretty ready for baby supplies wise and everything. And like my body is ready to not be pregnant. And I feel so confident with my team that they just know me so well. And being out of town, I didn't get to do a ton of work with you, but I feel like we're on a pretty good schedule now with making sure my body's in good shape to do this. And like the last thing is just going to be the letting go, which is always a little bit scary for me, but I think I'm really looking forward to the day. Like I look back with really fond memories of just a lot of love in the house. Like now I'm going to have two children, which might look a little different with a two and a half year old, but I have this vision that everything's just going to be peaceful and calm and like something so big is happening to our family. So I'm ready to take that on. You know, I'm the only person that can bring the baby here. So I'm willing to do that. And it's not without some fear, but I know what this looks like and I feel excited. You did video, right? Of the last birth. Mm -hmm. Have you been watching it at all? I watched it one time. Recently? Yeah. And I watched it with some friends who I feel really comfortable with, obviously, because (laughs) they watched your birth. They watched my birth and my birth video was so truly like if people didn't have a lot to say or people didn't pick my life apart as much as they do, I would have like shared the whole thing, you know, because it's not like graphic or, you know, you're not seeing too much really like it's a water birth. So Matt, like he's like fully supporting, holding me up against the tub and you do see the baby come out, but you just don't see like all the stuff that you see if you're like you know, birthing in a bed or something like that. So it was cool to watch my friends watch that. But I think it was a little too early on for me to watch because I was still three months out and I was like, oh my God, (laughs) all those big feelings, you know? I really believe in the process as much as I complain to you and everybody how much the end sucks. It prepares you for being able to like tackle you have to do you know you're so uncomfortable you're like i'll do anything at this point let's go i got this i can do this you know that's a pretty smart mechanism it is whoever thought of this yeah let's make them miserable so they could just whatever you want i'm in it's true are these friends that uh, people that i talk to they're like i could be pregnant forever i love this i'm like you're a psycho yeah they need to go watch some murder Are your friends that you watched it with, do they have kids? No, but they both want kids. Even after watching that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like one, one of them is actively trying to have a baby, and then... She should fight with her spouse. She should fight with her spouse? And then get in the shower, yeah. <laughs> I haven't fought with my wife in a long time, so I had this crazy thought while you were talking and just a second ago, like, who else do I fight with? And I realized, like, I fight with my brother a lot, but I'm, I'm not getting in the shower with him. With him. Yeah, that's okay. I hate for that, you know? This method has its limitations. <laughs> All right. Are you going to do anything different this birth? Are you planning anything differently from last birth? 
<laughs> I'm planning for it to happen faster. How long was it last time? 19 and a half hours. Oh, there's a long time. And I still didn't make it. What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. You gave me a lot of time. I forget what time I texted you. It was kind of in the morning. Really frustrated. I was starting to get really worn down. Like, how much longer is this going to be? It was like in the morning on my way to a full day of patients. I remember thinking because. But I had been in labor since midnight. Right. That any time overnight would have been amazing. 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, no problem. It was like 6 or 7 when I start to head out to the office. I'm like, ah. And you think that's when I texted you? Yeah, I remember being like, I... And you were like, I can be there by five. And I was like, I'm not still going to be pregnant by then. Yes. <laughs> and you kept your promise. Yeah. So I had um, about 3.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. I should have told you I could be there at two. And then you would have had the baby around noon. I can blame you. Yeah. Everybody does. I think that, um, you know, my body had taken a really long break from giving birth and knowing what to do. And it looked a whole lot different at my house, you know, than in a hospital. So that was like maybe a little fearful in the back of my head, even though I felt confident going into it that I could do it. So hopefully the process will be a little faster. You know, I read a lot about the third baby, just like how you really kind of want to slow it down and not just give it everything because like you don't want to shoot the baby out. (laughs) <laughs> and tear is this the last one for you do, do you talk about maybe having more babies or is it uh just a big I do, question mark it's just psychobabble it's just psychobabble yeah and matt it's like okay like he knows and then the next day i'll be like i am never doing this again thank, <laughs> thank god we did this one more time but i am never doing this again and he's like mm-hmm. and then the next day i'll be like oh, our kids are the best they're just so funny like i just want to go to go and then i'm like maybe one more time when we're like 40 and then i'm like that's just the stupidest idea no. <laughs> well that's like, what happens the new car scent wears off and you're like hey <laughs> yeah exactly right plus i really want to travel and i'm like it's so hard with kids it's so hard with like a little baby i feel like that would just really mess everything up yeah it's a different phase and honestly i have so much guilt about working already and that's such a part of my dna and my identity i need that part of myself to be good for my kids you know so i think if i had four it makes me feel like i would either completely dive into work and be like i can't deal with any of that or I would be like feeling so pulled and like guilty for wanting to work because I had all this at home. And that's probably more of my personalities. Like my kids are my everything. And, you know, the guilt of working is really thick. Having that experience acting, I mean, I assume that sometimes you get into your character to the point where you feel like you're your character for a while. Does that come in handy in childbirth when you have the fear? Can you use your methods to kind of convince yourself that you're going to be okay? I never thought about it like that. Maybe in other areas of my life, but with the pregnancy or the birth. um, Because you said fake it till you make it. Yeah. This is scarier. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's worth a try. I love when I have the opportunity to be at a birth with an actor and um, they're looking for like a little guidance. I love working with them because you guys have the experience taking direction. Like you get it right away Mm -hmm. and you could make a big change in a small amount of time. 
and then you know it's just a suggestion i don't know ultimately what's going to work for you but if i can throw out a suggestion you know i have ideas having been to so many births maybe i didn't understand the question at first but um actors can take notes and you know i think with my midwives that was like one of the things that just so blew my mind the difference in dealing with a doctor and a midwife and not to knock doctors and i have an amazing doctor who i love but I spent so much more time with my midwives and they'll say things to me that just hit and strike a chord. And I so am like, I'm heard, I'm seen, I'm not alone, you know, I'm not just a part of like a process. And so, yeah, during the birth, I think when I had my team around me that I felt really safe with and they would give me a note or something, I could let myself move to that next space. Yeah. Cool. Well, I've taken a lot of your time. Let me end with a few predictions. In your mind right now, you think boy or girl? I think boy. Do you have a prediction on the baby's weight? Oh, I was like, wait for what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> Winning. Wait, no. Beth, my midwife, just said she thinks it's like five pounds and some change. I'm thinking it's more like seven and some change i'm going with seven that'd be my biggest baby i don't know why i'm going with seven because beth is an amazing midwife and i trust her a lot but mama's intuition trumps midwife intuition so you feel my belly i don't know that you can't tell by feeling the belly really it's more what you feel on the inside i think i feel like it's pretty dense you're feeling like 15 pounds at least I think that it's going to be under eight, but I think it's going to be my biggest baby. Okay. Between seven and eight. How big was your biggest baby to date? Banks was bigger than Luca and she was seven, four. Okay. So you're thinking over seven, four, under eight. And what date do you think you'll go into labor have the baby? I don't like this game. You know, I want it to happen tomorrow. So not when do you want it to happen? Yesterday. I want it to happen yesterday. That's when you want it to happen. When do you think it will actually happen? Just a guess, wild guess. Honestly, like I'm just saying, boy, I really don't have like a strong feeling about it either way, which made me feel guilty for the longest time. I was like, I should know what's inside my body. It's my baby. I should know. I don't know. And now I'm like, okay, with just like not knowing, but I think it's a boy. And then the date. You know, it's okay if you're wrong on all of these. It's just a novelty game for amusement only. I think I'm going to be about four days before my due date. How long do you think labor will be? The 24th. How long are you predicting labor? 13 hours. Okay. There we have it. Boy, four days before your due date, between 7.4 and 8 ounces, 13-hour labor. I like this new game. Have you been doing this with everyone? No, this is the first time ever. Well, what do you think for me? Or you don't get... No, I can get involved in it. I think boy also. Okay. Which means it's probably a girl. I think, boy, (laughs) I think, you know what? I should have written down my answer separately, but I kind of feel like everything you said is right to me. I say seven pounds, so a tiny bit lighter than you're saying. Take that. You'll take that. Okay. I say three days before your due date. Okay. I know you don't want that. And how long is labor? I'm going to say nine and a half hours. Wow, I like that too. Wait, you know what else you should add into this game? Let's do it. If your water's going to break or not. Oh, before contractions or at all? 
mine didn't break at all. Like it wasn't until Beth checked me. So she knew my game plan was like, I don't want to be checked until you think it's go time. And I also didn't want to get in the birthing tub. Like I didn't want to get in for like pain relief or whatever. I don't know why, like I used heating pads and movement and all of that stuff, but I just didn't want to get in the tub until it was like go time. And so she was like, you sound different to me and I want to check you. And I was like, literally so excited, but also nervous because I had been enduring the contractions for such a long time, you know, that I felt like I was getting to the end of my, what I had left to give. So I was like scared if she was going to say, Ooh, we're not there yet. You know how I was going to respond to that or whatever. But anyway, she checked me and she literally looked at me and was like, it's go time. And like tears just, I was so happy. And it was so like, I don't know the word to use. And then I'm like about to get up to go to the tub and my water broke. So she must've broken it. Oh yeah. And then with Luca, the same thing in the hospital, they broke my water. You just make a really hefty, hefty cinch sack or something like that. Maybe. Cannot be broken. Like every moment, every woman secretly wants the moment, like the movie moment where you're like, my water broke. In the pasta aisle. In the pasta (laughs) (laughs) aisle. Do you remember the moment you literally put banks on you? Mm -hmm. Can you describe that moment? She was blue, which most babies are, right? And I just didn't know that. And her head was out. And I remember I talked to you before about that really big feeling where you're like, I know I'm not done, but I'm really big feeling, you know? And I don't mean like, yes, it's painful, but like what washes over you feels so big that you're like scared of it, or I was at least. And I remember her being like, the head is out. You can feel her head, you know? And reaching down and being like, you're kind of in your body, kind of out of your body. And then I literally think I pushed like two more times and she was out and it happened so fast. And then she was blue and I'm like, she's good, right? She's good. She's good. And they're like, she's good. Talk to her mom, talk to her mom. And so we were like kind of rubbing her back and she's just like on my chest. And I'm like, just talking to her. And like, all of a sudden, like the color just came to her face. It was so amazing. And then a couple of moments later, when I finally was like not pinned against the tub, And I was sitting and I I hadn't done the placenta yet or whatever, but I could tell that was coming too. She reached up and gave me a hug around my neck. That's like the big moment that stood out to me. I mean, you're an actor, so it could sound dramatic, but there's no question she gave you a hug. In my mind, there's not. No, in the video. Her to me, but her arms are like reaching at me. I've really never seen that. In the video when she just reaches out to give you this giant hug, like damn it, you did it. You know, we did it, whatever. Anyway, that's just what my two cents is to focus on that moment, no matter what's going on. You know, I talk about it on here a lot, like the struggle, the journey, the labor to get you to that moment is such an unknown. Who knows how long it'll be, how intense it'll be, what things will pop up along the way. But when you get to that moment, it's like everything just disappears like all the struggle the fear the labor the heart it's just gone and your whole body just melts in love with this new baby for some people but you had that moment so you're gonna have that moment again and if you just focus on that like if i can give you a crystal ball and show you here's that moment it's gonna be in nine hours and 13 minutes you would just be fine you're absolutely right and i'm not gonna pretend that i don't have fear around it because 
if you told me to like sit here and tell you exactly what a contraction felt like, I couldn't even do it. But I remember that was like the hardest part was getting through all of those contractions. But in that moment and moments like crawling in bed with my family and watching my son like measure banks and just like the sheer joy and happiness, like it's so much bigger than all the hard parts, you know, and it happens instantly. Like all the struggle is all over and you are changed forever with your baby. Well, the next time we talk to you, we'll find out exactly how it went. Um, who was more right <laughs> or how <laughs> totally wrong we were. But, you know, as always, I love talking to you and I'm inspired by you. I learn a lot from you. You are my Julia Roberts. Oh, <laughs> so. that's too nice. I'm so happy for our relationship and to know you and you teach me something every time we have a hang or a meeting. And um, I'm so happy to be a part of this because other women have helped me. So the thought that I would get to help them, it really means a lot and holds a lot of weight. My son, Hootie the Foodie from the Hootie the Foodie podcast, he just reminded me that, Dad, you didn't bring them my kombucha. I'm going to see you next weekend. But yeah, I'm going to bring you kombucha in a couple Hootie, of days. I want the mojito and the blueberry. Please save me one. He says yes. Okay. Well, Matt might want him too. We don't have to arm wrestle. So if you have a couple extras to spare. Yeah, absolutely. You know, actually, maybe we'll just give you one. And then you guys can have a fight and test out the theory. All right. <laughs> thanks for being here. I look forward to the next chapter with you. And at home, thanks for listening to us. For more pregnancy and parenting information, visit us online at informedpregnancy.com. 